You are listening to Campus 180 Radio. Funny, thoughtful, real. Hey ladies, if you enjoy hearing cheesy yet meaningful quotes, listening to funny stories, or just talking about the college life, then check out the Live Radiant podcast, only on Campus 180 Radio. Here we are. Michael. Oh, I'm so excited. Yep. Another Man, uh, I, grand episode in Toy Sember. <laughs> in Toy Sember. Man, I I can't believe that Christmas is next week. Is it? I, where does the time go? Well, I mean, it didn't help that, like, I don't know, eight months of the last year were just eaten up by, you know, a, a C virus. Yeah, it's... It's weird. I don't know what to do this Christmas as I wear masks and gloves and we pass uh, bottles of Lysol as gifts to each other. Right, you know, and if, you know, the three wise men were to visit Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus right now, they would bring Clorox wipes, hand sanitizer, and masks. The frankincense, gold, and myrrh of the 2020. Amen to that. Literally worth their weight in gold. All those things mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here we are, um, one week before Christmas. This is going to be our showstopper for the year. So we got to make this good, Adam. Mike, I don't know about you, but um, I'm pretty fired up about this episode. I, I have a lot to, to kind of get off my chest for this episode. Yeah, you know, we've been stewing and brewing for a good video game episode. Ever since, uh, I don't think we've had one until October. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I mean, I, I remember doing Street Fighter versus King of Fighters. <laughs> um, uh, maybe the most recent one was like uh, we did like uh, I remember do- researching a bunch of Sega games. Yeah, something about ten games harder than Dark Souls. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. That's that's yeah. probably the the most recent one, right? Right, right. In in twenty twenty speak, it was like two years ago we did that. <laughs> right, exactly. Everything is multiplied by a factor of a million. Yes. So so here we are. We're we're bottom shelf dreams. If we haven't told you, I'm Mike. I'm Adam. And we're here to talk about the things you find on the bottom shelf of Walmart. Uh, the things that aren't mainstream, they're not, as, uh, they're not supported by billionaires, and uh, they're not loved by Fortnite kids, but we think they're great, and we're going to tell you all about them. Exactly. And, you know, uh, and I, I feel like before certain episodes, we definitely have to put some disclaimers before, you know, we start talking about stuff. and. I feel like this is definitely one of those episodes mm-hmm. where, you know, like, don't get me wrong, like, you've seen the title, so you know that, we're, you know, we're talking about some, the the current gen consoles, and like, don't get me wrong, like, I I love my Nintendo Switch, I, you know, I'm I'm playing through a couple of the, um, the next, the quote-unquote next gen games right now, 
Um, yeah, and we we love these. You know, we love these things, but you know, they also disappoint us, and <laughs> we wish things were better. And that's the that's really, I think, the crux of this of this episode is, is you know, it's how disappointed we are. Yeah, you know, usually I wouldn't take a shot at Xbox or P- PlayStation, uh, but I feel like in 2020. Um, the, the show they put on for us and the reveal they did just uh, totally justifies this this podcast. And I'm sorry, like I have to bring out I have to bring out the little guy to shame the big guys. Yeah, absolutely, and especially you know since the especially Xbox, their business model is kind of infringing on this little guy and. Um, you know, we're we're not going to take it lying down. Well, Adam, uh, before we get into the talk, um, how how are you? Are you excited about Eternal Doom or Doom Eternal coming to Switch? Um, you know, there there's so many um there's so many things that are that are hopping on board mm-hmm. the Switch. Like literally today, uh, a kid came into my work and he's like. Guys, I don't have to play Among Us on my phone anymore. I got it on my Nintendo Switch. It's it's live. Um, and you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of the ports onto the Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have Skyrim. I mean, if you if you told me 15, 20 years ago that I mm-hmm. could have Skyrim or a game like Skyrim on a handheld, I would have said you were crazy. If you had told me that 15 to 20 years ago, my phone could play um, Far Cry 5 or something like it, I'd have told you you're crazy. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how far we've come. And, um, but it, it definitely feels like we're at a, a point in, in video game history right now where um, it, we're on the cups of a, a real kind of like seismic shift in the industry. Um, I do have to say, I have not been excited about a video game release until AEW decided to tease their upcoming video game. And if you don't know who AEW is, they're the only uh, wrestling competition that uh, kind of scares the WWE at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mind you, I can't afford cable, so I have to take their word for it. But <laughs> I really think that's true. So uh, anyways, let's get into it. Uh, you know, Adam, this is about video games. We need to take off our our sensors. We, we need to take the that, uh, we, you know, we have to unsaddle the horse and let it run free. In the in the yard, are Great. you ready? I'm I'm so ready. I'm 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 pumped for this. Okay, and, good, good. And you know you know what they say, you know if you truly love it, you'll set it free. Absolutely. So let's talk about what's going up against the big guy. So the well, first we should talk about the big guy. Um, top shelf. We're talking about PlayStation Five. We're talking about Xbox X Series. Um, I don't know if the Switch fits in there. You're allowed to throw the Switch in there and throw oh, it under. I absolutely did. Okay, great. 
But we're going to talk about a, a guy that's even littler, though by all means, it shouldn't be as little because it's owned by Google. And that is the Stadia. <laughs> the Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um, the st- no, go ahead. I was going to say, the Stadia is, is not a box you can plug in. Mm-mm. It's a... It's it's more like an idea. It's more like a room full of computers. It's uh, somehow in a Google mansion uh, that someone is being really cool about letting us play. Exactly. They're uh, you know they're they're chill enough to let us house it. Yeah. They're like you know, dude, just go in my computer room, take a look around. And that you know, basically, we're going to explain that's what Google, uh, Google Stadia is, and uh, kind of describe its past and what it's trying to be, and um, we'll tell you if it's successful or not. But let's take this journey. Absolutely, I'm so excited. So yeah, so back to PS5, Xbox X. Um, there's the Sony PlayStation. You got the Microsoft Xbox. Um, both of them have made all their money in video games, though Microsoft kind of dabbles in computers on the side. Uh, yeah. It, you know, they're the bigwigs. And, and then you got Nintendo, also a bigwig, too, compared to what we have. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, the more I kind of did some, some research on this, um, the more, the more it really surprises me and the more it really kind of puts into perspective just how big these companies are and how much reach they have um so no should i should i just jump into it just get some some stat and figures uh, usually uh we need to lift up the little guy first so i'm gonna okay we can do that we do that i'm I'm gonna make david feel good before we get to goliath (laughs) and then Um, we'll, we'll put them against each other yeah so you got the stadia the Stadia was uh, promised November 2019. Um, it came out as uh, it's what we like to call a streaming platform, but not like a Twitch one where you watch other people play. No, you are playing a full arcade off the luxury and convenience of a browser or your cell phone or a tablet. Um, it's called the Stadia, and basically. It's a website filled with games, and when you click on them, you can play them instantly. Um, the big promise was that you're going to get, you know, 1080p, 4K, right out of the box. Um, you're going to get great games like Destiny 2 and anything that was uh, hip and cool in circa November 2019. <laughs> um, it was going to be lightning fast. Uh, the controllers would look beautiful. You could play it off of your your that that Google dongle that you just hook up right to your TV, and it was going to be like nothing you'd ever see. And the goal behind it was that you would never ever ever need to buy a new computer, a new Xbox, a new PlayStation ever again. The newest and greatest video games would be at your fingertips, and it would be a total game changer. All because basically what you're doing is you're playing someone else's awesome computer who lives like a million miles away. 
Um, so as long as that guy updates his rig, then you're good. <laughs> yeah. And because it's owned by Google, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. And, and and it's not just a, a service that is, you know, died down either. Like, pretty even recently, like, in the last couple of days, they announced uh, the, the new uh, Ubisoft um, streaming service. Plus, that's, you know, exclusive to... Um, to Stadia, and you know you can play next gen titles like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it, this this isn't you know just a, a cheap piece of plastic like it's it's next right. gen all the way, man. Right, and you know let me let me just I can go into the history of subscription video game services because I have bought and used every one of them at one time. <laughs> for specifically um, for this podcast, yes. Uh, well, first it started in the early 2010s with GameTap. And GameTap was really impressive. You downloaded a whole bunch of games from Tomb Raider to, uh, you know, the early Rainbow Sixes um, and everything in between. A lot of Ubisoft games were in that as well. Um, and that did really well until they uh, toppled under their own weight and they couldn't do any, they couldn't get any good games and they lost all their contracts and um, so they kind of fell apart, but you know that was the first taste of an unlimited library of games. Um, then came along um, the another service called Utomic, and Utomic tried to fill the footsteps of uh, GameTap. Um, they had some WB games, so you know you had a, a Arkham Asylum thrown in there. Um, you had a lot of indie games. A lot of uh, some old DOS games were thrown in there. A lot of PC games that were big in the 99 to 2005. Unreal Tournament was in there. Um, it, it was a lot of hit. A lot of miss. Um, and, well, Utomic is still alive. For $8 a month, you can, you can play Unreal Tournament 2004 until your heart is content. <laughs> um, and you can, you can play Dragon Cafe, which is like a... Um, a Harvest Moon game where you start a cafe. Um, but those are just two very obscure examples of what you can do on it. Um, I did Utomic for a little bit, and, you know, that was a lot of fun. From Utomic, I switched to PS Now, which is so, very similar to Stadia, where you could play streaming games, um, but they were all PlayStation. And you could play it right from your computer. So imagine um, being a computer player and not ever touching uh, an Uncharted or a Last of Us and wondering what the big deal is. Well, finally, for you know, $10 a month, you could finally know what the big deal is. <laughs> and uh, as long as you had a laptop, uh, it was pretty good. And so, and now you can get like a year of it for sixty dollars. So you can you can play all those obscure PS3 games that you only heard about from your friends. Uh, so I I did that for a month or two, and I found out that uh, it really really needs good internet service. Like like we're talking uh, for those of you who are not around here, we have Spectrum, and Look. you need to give Spectrum. Uh, at least three digits. 
get this bad boy uh, working. And um, I noticed that Sony's PS Now, they, they love it on the PS4. Like, they'll give you the best, but on the computer, they kind of, like, cut corners, and it's laggy, and the, the interface doesn't even have a search button. <laughs> so you kind of have to go alphabetically if you want to find a game. Yeah, so it's real weird, and it doesn't feel convenient. Um, yeah. Mo- yeah, moving on, we have the Game Pass now, and... and um, Xbox just wants to throw hundreds and millions of games at you for between like $10 and $15 a month. So some lucky guy with an Xbox or a decent computer um, can now play like Control, can play Halo 5, can play Two Kingdoms. Um, Among Us was just added to the Game Pass. Um, and it's it's really, really, really a generous deal. Like, it almost feels like it's too much. Like, like uh, back in, you know, 2000, you'd go to Grandma's house and you'd get, like, one dish of spaghetti. Um, and now it's, like, 2020, you go to Grandma's house, she has a buffet, and she's only charging a nickel. <laughs> Your grandma's charging you to eat at her house? You know, she can't afford the buffet on her own. Right, right. So she's she's charging you a nickel. How many people? (laughs) That'll cover the napkins or something. I don't know. Right. So yeah. So games are so generous right now, and that brings us to the stadia, which um is trying to bring us to a point where we wouldn't have to buy a new system, um, new cables. Everything would just be through our monitors. Where you could take a, something as simple as a tablet or a phone, and and play like the latest Far Cry game. You could play Serious Sam Four. You can play. Um, there's a lot of games. They 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 got a, a lot of contracts now. Maybe not as much, and we'll talk about that as a gamer is used to. But uh, I I digress. Um, so yeah, that is the Stadia. Yeah, Adam, for, have you ever tried sure. the Stadia? Um, I I have not. Um, you know, I'm familiar with it. You know, I'm familiar with all those, you know, those ones that kind of came out around at the same time, like the Steam Box, and um, mm-hmm. I think there's one called the Luna or something. Oh, there's yeah, there's like the Moonlight the. Um, all these all these online servers that are letting you play. Oh, and I almost forgot. Um, if you're if you're if you like Steam games, um, then you just get GeForce Now on uh, a free program, and it lets you play your Steam games over any computer um, without having to use your 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 computer's graphics system. So that was pretty cool, and that's basically what the Stadia is trying to be as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and I, I think it's also important to add um, the the cost in mm-hmm. in comparison. You know, it's um, you know because I, I I'll definitely I break down the 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 cost for um, all those big boys, um, but you know the the upfront cost for uh. 
uh, a stadia, um, you know, just to, you know, to, to even, you know, think about it, uh, to, to, to play, you know, it's not that expensive. You know, it's it's like $130 for... In fact, you know, I mean, this is about... Yeah. And that, and a starter kit, mind you, is if you want it to be pretty and nice and on your TV. But literally, Adam, you can go to stadia.google.com right now. You can click on a little game called Immortals Phoenix Rising, which a lot of people are likening to Zelda, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You can click on it and play for 40 minutes on just what you have right now. And I'm talking about on, like, cell phone touch buttons, which I don't really recommend. Or, you know, your keyboard. And, you know, that's what makes Stadia so amazing, is that it's literally three clicks away to have the greatest games in your house. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, there's even, uh, you know, there's there's a range of, of them that you can even access, too. Like, you know, if you want a Stadia Pro, you know, at 4K, 60 FPS, there's an option for you. If you're okay with just, you know, 1080p, you know, there's an option for you, too. So there's, there's so much flexibility in the platform. And, you know, it, it really is um, what I think um, they're going to look like into the future yeah now my one my one like hold on there buddy moment mm. uh, is the thing that turns people off to to games that are a hundred percent online and one mm. is you really do need at least decent conditions for for your internet so you cannot have a good time Unless you have, uh, like, at least, I don't know how they go in uh, internet speed terms, but, you know, at least 30 constant, you know, megabits per second uh, flowing through. Um, in fact, the rig I'm on right now is hooked up to straight to the internet, no Wi-Fi. So I don't have anything to worry about, but if I went on my phone let's say in Boise, Idaho, in the middle of a, of a potato crop, you know, I might not be able to play Cyberpunk 2077 as fast. Now, Google says that their technology has ways around crappy internet and how to, uh, you know, how to make it faster and better. Um, but, you know, I, it's, it's not perfect yet. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the biggest hill to climb for uh, for for Google and for for Stadia. Um, yeah, is, is internet isn't universal yet. Um, I, I know it's weird to kind of say that, um, but you know, not not everyone has access to to internet or to um, the speeds required for this, and it, it's definitely impacting. Um, you know. Who is in, even interested in in a product like that? Yeah, and you know, you might think, "Hey, wasn't Stadia the cool thing to hate?" 
because um, of all the promises they broke early November 2019. Yes, yes, uh, they did a bad job of releasing it. I believe they fixed most of those problems. And uh, even though it's Google and everyone says Google is evil, um, you know, all they care about is getting into your house and looking at your credit card numbers and, uh, you know, selling your baby to Target. <laughs> um, I would I would say that the Stadia, you know, still has the heart. Uh, it has its heart in the right place. For sure. And, you know, definitely everything that we're, that we're saying, um, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely talking about things in a vacuum here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to, I think it's important to make that distinction. You know, like obviously we don't condone Google's business practices or you know Sony's or, or Nintendo's or anyone involved, but um, I, I think it's a, it, it's still an important conversation to have about the technology and and, and, and you know the, the machines and um, computers that we have access to. Yeah. Let me say that the only thing that makes Stadia worth it is that, you know, you're sitting at your desk job and you're always three clicks away from playing a demo of Hello Neighbor or signing into your account and playing Sniper Elite 4. You're always three clicks away. And, I mean, it just blows me away that we've gone from, you know, blowing on Nintendo and Atari games and adjusting them and fidgeting them, and uh, we've gone from loading up CDs and then installing and then waiting for loading times. We've gone all that from just clicking Windows and playing games that we have no right for our computers to play. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine trying to explain to to Neil Armstrong that the technology that I have sitting in my lap right now is greater and more powerful than the thing that sent him to the moon. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Pretty much because I think that would hurt his feelings. <laughs> He'd say, why, why would you go there? I mean, am I not enough for you? And I would say, Neil, um, as great as it was you going to the moon is, um, unfortunately, my, uh, my iPhone SE is a little bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah, take that science. Yeah, take that science. I got angry birds. Yeah. And you know um, the other the other cool thing mm-hmm. about Stadia and Yeah. You know, this you know, it got a lot of flack for not being Steam. Right. Because people people said, you know, Steam, you get to keep your games. Pretty much anything else, you get to keep your games. You get to download it. You don't have to worry about bad internet conditions. Um, and, you know, Steam has every game under the sun. If you've ever hit publish, I'm sure it's a game. Right. Um, well, Stadia is much, much smaller in their numbers for that. So everyone was saying, you know, why, why would I want something that's temporal and on the internet when I could own it on my computer? Um, but you know, I I think Stadia has shown that it's kind of it's kind of past that problem because we're no longer we're no longer a group of people that are you know just trying to collect games. 
on our hard drive or put you know discs in our shelves. I think we're way past that in our gaming evolution. I think like now the cool thing is to always know you have like 80 games that you could play at any time. Um, and also knowing that they don't take up space anywhere. So you don't, you know, your wife isn't yelling at you that you have 80 unused DVD cases. Um, and it's, it's, you know, you, it's, it's, on someone else's shelf, you know, that, that cool guy's computer in that mansion. He owns all the games, and you're just borrowing them. Um, and I think that is where we're heading video game-wise, at least in the streaming service. Yeah, abso- absolutely. I, I, the, the biggest thing, I think, going forward, especially with the, the whole streaming model that the city is showing, is... Um, it's more accessible for, for a lot of consumers, especially as, you know, next-gen games are, you know, reaching prices of $70, $75. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not feasible for people to, you know, to own 15, 20 games anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, besides the big AAA titles... Um, not a lot of people are willing to to, to pre-order stuff anymore, you know. And, and if Cyberpunk proves anything, um, that like just because you pre-ordered something doesn't mean you're going to get a finished product. Oh my gosh! I think we're here because of how Cyberpunk has affected us. Um, because yeah, it's no longer cool to pre-order a game because of our total lack of confidence. Um. In, in, like, the software and the developers. The cool thing is now to get the old games cheap or free or as part of a bundle. Um, you know, when I look at the Stadia Pro. So, if you don't know, the Stadia has, like, a subscription part of it. You can buy games, like, add a cart, or you can get, like, a, a bucket of games for, like, Ten dollars a month, and it's the game not a miss. And that confidence you can't get anymore with like you know developers saying, "Trust us, this game's going to be cool. Just trust us." <laughs> yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Um, should we? Uh, we spent a, a, a solid chunk of time there, but um... yeah, yeah. I you know I gushed about Stadia, um, and. You know, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear about the other guys. Oh man, Mike, if you weren't angry before, prepare to be angry now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm ready. Uh, good. Buckle up, friends. Um, so you know the the PlayStation Five and the, the Xbox Series X and S have been, you know, been out for like what a couple weeks, maybe a month. Uh, and, you know, they've both sold over, um, a million copies of their consoles already. Mm -hmm. I think PlayStation 5's got 1.4 mil, um, Xbox has 1.3 between the the X and the S. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, being launched, 
um, since November 8th and uh, the 14th, respectively. Um, and uh, it's it, the it, it, they've gone from strength to strength uh, with their their <laughs> launch. I mean, a PlayStation Five, um, they just beat the uh, the the record for um, most consoles sold at launch mm-hmm. uh, in in the U.S. Um, which PlayStation Four previously held, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know the 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 prices for these things are 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 crazy right now. I mean, MSRP for um, a PlayStation uh, Five, the the digital edition, mm-hmm. um, was uh, three ninety nine. So you know it's basically the same setup as. Uh, the Stadia, right? It's this yeah. all digital console. Um, you know, it's two, three times the price, right? Um, uh, and then the uh, the the PlayStation Five with uh, the Blu-ray disc, or whatever, is you know, clocking in at four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the the Series X costs four ninety nine, which they price match, and uh, the Series S, which is also um, a streaming version. Uh, all digital uh, is two ninety nine, so that's you know that's a little bit um, that's a little bit more reasonable in my opinion. And yeah, um, to be fair, the Series S is more powerful than the Stadia, um, but you know, is that worth uh, you know the extra one hundred and ninety nine odd dollars? I mean, you you might have a more powerful uh, device, but you still have the same crappy internet. So you know, no, it, yeah, I like, mean, is that, is that really worth it? I mean, you bring up such a good point, and this is what boggles my mind. Um, The return on investment for these systems is not selling me at all for this. So, first of all, both systems came out with jack for, you know, games at launch. In fact, the two reviews I read just kind of uh, boasted about, oh, look how cool these Xbox One and PS4 games look on this new system. Right. Which, I don't know, that that does not, that has never been a selling point for a new system, is look at how the old stuff looks on it. And another promise is that, like, guys, just hold on, games are coming. Um, but mind you, I just spent like 400 to $500. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree. And, you know, you're lucky if you paid $400. Um, like, if you got it from, you know, a scalper or from a, you know, on eBay or something, you're paying. I looked up uh, on eBay right now, if you want to try to bid on a PlayStation 5, it's eleven hundred dollars, right? And um, yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, it they they cost so much. I mean, you even think about you know over uh, quarantine when mm-hmm. everyone and their mom was trying to buy a, uh, a Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally like a like a Switch costs, I don't know. Um, you know, a couple hundred dollars, maybe like two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to get one, yeah, two ninety nine. Uh, if you, you know, you're trying to get one over uh, quarantine, 
on <laughs> like on eBay or whatever. Like they were going for two or three times that price because they were just sold out. Right. Um, and 2020 was the Nintendo Switches, and it's not even 2020 is not even done yet. But um, Nintendo Switch was uh, it was its best year in 2020. Do you want to guess how many million units it sold? Is it more than 1.4? It's 6.92 million units. Gosh, isn't that crazy? You know, as, as amazing as that is, I have to say I'm really disappointed. I have not seen people like in droves in public, like just playing on their Switch. Right, and that's that's a crazy thing. Um, the Switch, uh, it, it's the for 24 straight months until the uh, the PlayStation 5 beat it. The Switch was the best-selling gaming hardware system for 24 straight months. Like I know, I know people are like, oh yeah, the Switch is always or Nintendo, you know, the little brother of you know Sony and Xbox but no Nintendo Switch was selling the pants of the PlayStation and Xbox like and uh I I was reading an article where they're saying um the Switch is such a a, one of the best performing consoles on the U.S. market um because it's it's a it's a complementary device or you know it's not in direct competition Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it's like additive to people's gaming archives, because the the price is so perfect and it, the games are so different, um, that the the Nintendo Switch is the the most uh, cross owned system on the market. So mm-hmm. you know you you have millions of people that own a PlayStation Four and a, an Xbox One, but they also own a Switch. Um, right. But you know, very rarely do you have someone who owns. A PlayStation Four and an Xbox One. Yeah, and I think that just kind of proves our point: is that you know, bigger and better is is not winning over accessible and convenient. And that's yeah. pretty much what the Stadia is trying to be. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 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 Switch. You know, the Switch is selling points. Um, and, you know, the, the new generation consoles, you know, the, their big selling points, um, are things that the Stadia are already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the Switch has, uh, you know, it's Nintendo store, uh, online store, uh, where you can, you just download digital versions of the game. Um, it doesn't have a, a streaming service as of yet, but... You know, a lot of the, the these current gen systems are, are are doing things that you know the studio is is already doing um already doing uh, just as well. Okay. Um, and I also want to touch on um I you know you talked you talked a little bit earlier about um games and exclusives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think that one of the 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 arguments against the studio was that like. First, or you know, AAA titles aren't going to make exclusives specifically for Stadia. Um, the, the platform's not big enough. Um, it's always going to get those you know big titles later, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But the the new gen consoles don't really have a lot going for them, anyways. Like PlayStation Five launched with uh, Demon Souls and Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and that was available on PlayStation Four. Um, like the Xbox was touting Halo Infinite, and then they had to 
you know, walk that back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Xbox launched without a, a single exclusive, I think. Right. Um, and, you know, right now, probably the best PlayStation 5 game is a game called Bug Snacks. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, not to take any away from, anything away from Bug Snacks, because Bug Snacks and is, you know, made by an incredible indie studio. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rain on their parade because that's not what this episode's about. Um, but like, you know, when your launch title is Sackboy, a big adventure, <laughs> and uh, you know Miles Morales without ray tracing, like you promised, like it's, right. you know, it, it's not a good look. Right, and that is what you know. Back to what boggles my mind is that currently on the Xbox. Uh, every game that came out on the Xbox One is is available to the Xbox X. So there's there's no advantage you Xboxers X have over me, except maybe like a 4K, um, you know, a little bit crisper look, which I can't even tell the difference anyways. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the... You know, one of the big launch titles, and it wasn't exclusive, um, per se, but um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can play that on the Stadia at the same time as Xbox. Yeah. At the same quality for less money. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, I, I, I just don't, yeah, like, I, I just don't see the, I don't see the difference, you know? Yeah. Now, some of the more geekier, more technical people, might say, you know, the Stadia claims all these things, but it's not real 4K. It's like this knockoff 4K. But I, I want to get beyond that, that if if the selling point uh, for video games is that you buy the $500, um, you know, system, you buy, you know, all the cables that go with it, and then you have to buy the 4K Ultimate, like UHD monitor, which is what, like a thousand. Um, then you're not really in it for the fun of video games. You're kind of in it just to get um, the best bang, or well, not even the best bang for your buck, just the best bang, really. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think that is a sustainable market where you know people are trying to spend at least like fifteen hundred dollars to get the best. I think the new markets are let's give people let's be so generous with just $10 a month. Right. And uh, like the PlayStation 5 isn't even truly 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that was definitely like a a, a selling point, but it's uh you know it, it's not native 4K at you know 60 FPS. It's the way that it renders um, 4K, it, it's like this weird hybrid um, kind of in the center of the screen, it's it's 4K, but then as it renders out, it's less than 4K as you kind of move your camera, it'll render in 4K, but so it's not truly, you know, the whole screen isn't truly in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, why are you paying, you know, that price for a console that says so many things, but it's you know, it's just not true. Right. I think they overstated the, you know, the super beefed up market. Like, they're saying, yeah, people are in it for the 4K. You know, everyone's going to bring this home to their, their 70, 
inch, you know, UHD, uh, crystal clear 4K TVs. Um, you know, they're going to be popping in Call of Duty Cold War day one. You know, with a, you know, there's, they're going to have Dolby sound speakers that just like fill the whole neighborhood with sound. I, you know, I just don't think there's enough of those people. Like those people we used to call like computer gamers, and they just used to throw like six hundred to a thousand dollars and a great computer build. But I think the majority of people are like, you know, they have a they have an HD thirty two inch TV, and they have a, a decent internet, and they have more than one controller, and a pretty good hard drive, and they're all set. Right. No, totally, totally agree. Um, you know, the, the, the technology just hasn't caught up to, um, the technology just hasn't caught up to what the, the gaming systems are providing. And you're seeing that in, um, what's happening with all these game studios is, you know, they, they just aren't able to produce stuff that is, um, able to be run on these systems quite yet. There's, you know, there's a bit, there's a bit of lag. Yeah, and like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm living in a, in a time vacuum. But wasn't there a time when, like, games when they had to be released, they had to be at least ninety percent perfect? And I feel like that's not a standard anymore. Totally um, agree. Yeah. Now you can, you can be and. Cyberpunk 2077, and um, your pants has clipping problems, and it shows a little <laughs> too much. And I don't know who they were selling that to, but, you know, each his own. <laughs> and I, I think it's easy to kind of dump on Cyberpunk because it's the, uh, the flavor of the month right now. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, this isn't an excuse for them because they definitely... CD Project Red definitely screwed it up, but um, they're they're an example of a a, a bigger problem um, <laughs> of studios just releasing games that aren't ready. Like CD Project Red said that um, they you know they certified Cyberpunk as gold, meaning that it was ready to to be sold, mm-hmm. and um, it, it just wasn't true. There there's mm-hmm. so many games that are that are coming out with day one patches. Um, and you know, if these games are done, why why is there a day one patch? Um, right. You know, when the new Call of Duty came out, um, there was a patch when you know people were getting um, you know glitches and uh, console crashes when The Last of Us Two uh, dropped. You know, there was you know a, a patch shortly after. Um, there there's so many games that are just coming out so unfinished. Um, you know, looking at you, Square, and uh, you know your Avengers game, uh, <laughs> like, like, there's so many games that are just out that are are, are just not, they're not done. Um, yeah, like Battlefront Two has been out for like what feels like five years, and <laughs> they're still fixing their game. Yep, yeah, same with Battlefield. But and yeah, yeah, no good. I was going to say, even, I think the problem is not so much, I mean, the the game companies are nice. They're, they're fixing these problems with free patches. 
I mean, they some could of be, them. They could be jerks and say, you know, buy this fix. Um, but I think the real deficit is these fixes are like 32 gigs. And they, one game could take up like 40% of your hard drive if you're not careful. Um, and I think that's the real poverty is that um, you can only have like between five to ten like accessible games. I know that sounds like a lot. Um, but like right now I'm at a point with my Xbox where I have to be like, you know, I, I didn't beat you yet, but I really want to try this one game. So I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to go back to the attic. Um, and let's say you do buy Cyberpunk 2077 for the Stadia. Um, when it does get the patch, it's not going to go against your hard drive. Uh, it's just going to get fixed as it should. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't know if this makes us, you know, old or curmudgeony or, you know, boomers or whatever. But, you know, back in my day, when games were released, they were finished products. <laughs> right. right. Uh, no one will ever know the excitement of, you know, circling a game in a Sears catalog or, you know, circling a game on Amazon and, you know, your parents have to wipe off the marker of the the monitor. And then, you know, that game comes in the mail and you you pop it into the system and, you know, there was no, oh, I hope there's a patch. There's just, here's the game. You have no idea how it plays. You've only read stuff. You know, here you go. Right. Like, could you imagine if, um, you know, Zelda Ocarina of Time came out and day one there was a patch that's as big as the game itself? <laughs> and then, like, whenever you try to Z-target, it would just drop you down a hole and then delete your pants. Yeah, like... As games get more complicated, there's so many, like, unseen variables. Like, Miles Morales just walking into one particular alleyway makes his legs get 800 feet long. And, you know, his, his, his hands turn into tentacles. And they're like, why? Why would that be a thing? Why would you have that problem? <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think in part it's, um, you know, we're we're definitely seeing more of these things because of the advent of you know live streaming games mm-hmm. and you know being able to share that kind of information. Um, but you know, the glitches have always and bugs have always been part of a game. It it was just it was more secret and hush hush. Like you know, back in you know back in the the nineties when we were playing Pokemon Yellow and Blue and Red. Like, if you did a series of things and you were surfing along Cinnabar Island, you could catch level 123 Pokemon. Like, I caught a, like, a over a level 100 Starmie. Um, it was, like, a, a specific bug that you could do. Um, so, you know, like, those things always existed, but, um, you know, you're seeing it on such wide scale now because, you know, the advent of, of these computers and, 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 and streaming, and you're seeing a lot more of it now. And... You know, you think of that with the advent of like these newer technologies, that these bugs are becoming less and less and less. Um, but it, it just feels like every day there's there's just more. Yeah. Which is why 
like I got out of that game. I feel like we're in a new age of video games where you know we're we're a streaming society. I don't want these games littered all over my floor. I don't want to have to worry that I'm one megabit or gigabyte short of having this gameplay properly. Right. Um, I just I just want to know what's good. Try it. Confirm that it's good. Um, or move on. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay, so Mike, let's jump into your, your three reasons why, um, you know, what's your elevator pitch for someone to get a Stadia. So, my first one is probably, it's it's a condition of the heart. It's a philosophy. Mm. And that is, well, most people will say, don't go to the Stadia. You're going to miss out on all these games. Um, but I think it's it's a mindset that if you were to give the Stadia a chance, if that was to be your only way to do video games, like anyone has just one way to do video games. I mean, pretty much you have four different softwares to do them all. But let's just say the Stadia was your only your only outlet for games. Um, you could get by on, you know, Sniper Elite 4. Um, you would get Assassin's Creed Valhalla on sale. Um, you'd be playing, you know, the Hitman series for free. There are some some indie exclusives. Uh, like this game, Outcasters came out, and um, so I I would say you could live a full video game life off of the Stadia. And you know the biggest thing is no, you're going to have a horrible time. It's going to lag. It's you know the 4K doesn't look as crispy as it should. But I say you know you're not going to notice those things a lot. So. It is a stable structure. It's it's not a you know a, a Last of Us Uncharted God of War structure, uh, or like a 4K Ultimate Ultra you know structure like from Xbox where you get like Halo. Um, but you know this could be your only rig, and I think you'd still have a full gaming life on it. Yeah. That, yeah, and you can play it at work with just your cell phone. <laughs> and that's a win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that that's, uh, that's so key. Um, it's, it's a living console. Like, it's, um, you know, you don't have to worry about updating and upgrading if you don't want to. Um, it's, you know, it's all on that rich dude's, you know, hard drive somewhere. Is such a generous dude. I mean, um, yeah. So, just going into my second thing is, if you do pony up for a Stadia Pro account, well, you know, congratulations, you get all the the nice streaming services. Uh, but also, they mark down their games, like in a way that GameStop marks down like used games. You know, when they rip you off and they give you a little credit, but then. They still sell the game for 15 bucks. So it kind of gets rid of that, oh man, I missed the used game kit because their their prices go really low. Um, being able to get an Assassin's Creed game for $12 just because I signed up for Stadia Pro. I don't know. That's, that just seems like a very convenient and very comfortable way to do gaming. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, d- just as a question, uh, does it does the city have the feature where if you're like, you know, on a bus somewhere and you feel like you want to get a jump start on downloading something, you can pull up an app and then start downloading it from there? Um, if you're talking about like downloading a like a third party app, like like while I'm downloading Microsoft Word, I want to play Assassin's Creed. No, I mean like. I want to play Assassin's Creed, but I'm not at my house. Can I download it to, like, my Stadia account? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's always on, so... Okay. You'll always have Assassin's Creed, no matter where you go. It might not be the best, especially if you're on limited 4G. Um, You might not want to do it in public if you pay per gig, but... um, Right. You know, just wait a few minutes until you hit Wi-Fi. Right. Okay, so it's even better than I than I was asking. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, everything is meant to start within three seconds, so Yeah. There I you mean, go. That's yeah, that's quite an achievement. Um and then your last one there, Mike? My last one is uh... I, you know, I'm just going to end on a goofy, superficial one, because I've already said, like, the strongest points. Yeah, of course. And that is uh, Sirius Sam 4 is on the, the Stadia. And to know that you could play a Sirius Sam game um, on your phone at any second of the day is pretty exciting. So... I know, I know it sounds like like Google is handing me cash while I'm saying this, saying, oh, please get our Stadia back on the market. But I think what Adam and I are trying to say is that, you know, Stadia represents a philosophy that uh, we, we want to see a lot of gamers, a lot of game systems pick up, and that is easy to access, easy to pick up, um, and some strong support so that you can actually play the game without lag. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you can do that with Xbox Game Pass. That'll be for $15 a month. You can, you can play not as many games, but they're starting to port over games that you can play directly from your, your phone or with a controller connected. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and I, I think the the last kind of add-on there to, to what you were saying mm-hmm. is, you know, these, these companies, Sony, Xbox, Nintendo, you know, they're looking at, you know, what Stadia is doing, and they, they, they know, we know, we all know um, that that's the future, and everyone's kind of racing to kind of figure that out. Yeah, when, when you read an Xbox Series X review... And they're telling you all how cool the games look on Game Pass. And you have that Game Pass, and you could play those games on your computer. It's not that impressive anymore. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, should I jump into to my, uh, my three? Yes, I know it's just going to depress me more. I might just continue not buying a PS5. <laughs> Okay, um, so my number one uh, is um, just the the cost involved. Um, 
with these consoles. I mean, you're paying upfront, even if you're going with the the, the least expensive model. Um, you know, the PlayStation or the sorry, the PlayStation, the the Xbox Series S, um, at you know two ninety nine. That's it. Still costs so 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 much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not you know that's not chump change. Um, as if you can even get your hands on it. Um, so you know, even you know, let's let's just let's just price it out from that point, right? So if you get a, a base Series S, two ninety nine. Say you want a second controller, you know that's another eighty dollars. So you know, let's let's just round it up to like three hundred dollars. So you're at three hundred and eighty dollars right there, right? You have one console, two controllers, and then say you want to just get Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's another seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. So you know that that brings us to what like four hundred and fifty dollars, right? Like j- just day one to be able to play, right? Um, and you know that's that's just not feasible, especially if you're a you know a gamer that just plays you know FIFA, NBA, two K, and you know Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you know that that price is just not it's just it just doesn't make sense yeah and you know the thing that boggles my mind is people that dish out these monies so that they could play Fortnite or Minecraft <laughs> like cuz that just doesn't make any sense uh both of those games i'm pretty sure are on smart fridges a hundred percent and they're just as good and so there's just as good yeah you should not get excited that fortnite is on a ps5 right oh i i will walk that back a little bit mike (laughs) it's saying that i think it's fine if you're like a casual gamer like that yeah it's it's a hundred percent the video game market that has failed you and making you pay you know, $300 just to be able to play those games that are really easy and really accessible um, and don't require a whole lot. Like, you don't need a 4K system to play Fortnite. No. You need an Android phone. (laughs) Right, so why not have a console that reflects that? Yeah. Okay, Um, next point. Uh, And, you know, these are, you know, kind of in you know growing significance um next is uh the exclusive content for the for these next gen consoles are just absolute boo boo right now mm-hmm. um like i if if you're a, a demon souls fan congratulations you enjoy um probably hurting yourself a little too much <laughs> but uh True. You know, like that. You know, when that's like the the biggest launch title name that that's out there, man. Like, what what is going on? Like, I I know that, um, you know, the PlayStation Four launch and um wasn't you know the the or the PlayStation Three launch weren't the the biggest the biggest deals or even the Xbox One like. There weren't too many launch titles, but you know, back in you know with the 360, when you're getting Gears of War and um, 
know, you were getting, you know, these exclu- huge exclusive games like, God, you know, God of War. Um, it there's there's some of that magic is just gone. Um, you know, I I feel no I, no motivation to try and go and get one of those big consoles because there's there's no games out that I'm like I can't play on my PlayStation Four right now. Like I I bought Miles Morales. It's a great game. It looked great on my PlayStation Four. You know, I I I'm not worried. I like I I didn't wake up the day Miles Morales came out. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get a PlayStation Five so I can play this thing. No, I I pre-ordered it on Best Buy, got it a day early, popped it into my PlayStation Four, and it was fine. Like I didn't yeah. have to like. There there was there's. You know, like, you buy these next-gen consoles for one reason and one reason only. Games. And if you're not giving me any games, I'm not going to buy a console. I wonder if you could sell your PS5 after you beat the two games that came out with it. <laughs> you know, Bugsnacks and Miles Morales. <laughs> right. Right. Like, when your most streamed game on the PlayStation 5 is Bugsnacks... Like, <laughs> what's happening? Right. And you brought up the $300 price point, and you, you said, mm. you know, to get an Xbox Series X where you can play Xbox One games that you could always have played on Xbox One. Right. Um, but you have a lot less space to do it, you know, right. just to throw a few things out. Um, right. You can get... A full, you can get the most popular VR set, the Oculus, um, what is it called? The Oculus, Rift? not Rift. The other one? The other one, uh, it's a two. I want to call it the Journey 2 or something. Uh, basically, um, Facebook, of all people, you know how big gamers they are. Um, <laughs> they came out with the this Oculus 2, and it's pretty much the 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 go-to for affordable VR. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, why go from um, Xbox One to slightly prettier Xbox One for $300 <laughs> when you could go full VR? Yeah, it, 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 boggles, it boggles my mind, Mike. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, and I, I think that the, uh, the answer is my third and final point, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we, we find ourselves right now in video game history at a point where um, we're facing an aging system of buying and selling and producing games that's going to collapse in the next 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that, that studios are run right now, the way that games are sold and bought, it's going to look totally different in 10 years. Um, you, you just have to look at um, you know the, the issues, the, the labor issues that that Naughty Dog and CD Projekt Red were having, and Ubisoft, you know, with Crunch and you know the mistreatment of their workers, and um, mm-hmm. you know, just the general unhappiness in, in the production of games there. Um, and you know, if uh, you know, if and obviously these gaming companies should pay their uh, their employees a, a living wage, and um, you know they shouldn't have to feel like they're you know, being whipped and have to give up weekends and holidays to to get, you know, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 out. Um, but at the same time, if 
you know, if if these companies are going to start paying their their customers more, that means games are going to cost more. Um, and it's already ballooned to, to seventy dollars now. So, you know, if if the the cost of producing games goes up, the cost of buying games goes up, and that's not a, you know, that's not a, a sustainable system. Yeah. Uh, um, and now into uh, also with microtransactions that are everywhere. You know, EA being the most infamous for it, but um, on ba- on Battlefield or uh, sorry on Battlefront, um, you know, you, you you can't go anywhere, and, and it's just a a model that um, you know is destroying the industry, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, it, you you can't go, you can't shake a stick without um, it, you know, without running into it. Um, you know, the the worst ex. Uh, the worst example that I can think of is uh, Crash Team Racing, where they, um, they before launch and right at launch, they were like, oh, hey, no microtransactions, none at all. Everything is accessible with in-game currency. It's all unlockable. And then after all the reviews were in and was launched, locked in, they hit them with microtransactions. And... Uh. Like that's that's such an awful thing to do, um, and it's perpetuated by the the current video game market that we find ourselves in. Yeah, and they're always so cute with how they hide the fact. Um, you know, they call it. Oh, you can earn war bonds, or trading <laughs> cards, or you right. know, gold coins and. It's like, dude, we know that you want me to spend four ninety nine for sixty war bonds, so that I can turn my my bazooka from green to red. All right, right. and that that shouldn't be a choice I have to make with my wallet, especially because I could do that on the N sixty four for free. Right, right, and then uh, the last kind of part of that that aging system uh, of video games that we find ourselves in. Um, it's just the the games as a, a live service model, you know your games like Destiny or your games like Marvel Avengers, um, or or games like League of Legends, um, Valorant, you know all those games, Overwatch, where you 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 know some games you know you have an upfront cost, um, like kind of like Battlefront, um, some are free to play like um, like League of Legends. Um, but in order to keep playing the game, you have to buy battle passes. You have to buy, um, you know, you have to buy season passes. You have to buy, um, you know, V bucks. You have to buy, um, Captain America shield with your real life money, um, for whatever reason. Right. Uh, yeah. So companies, you know, are, they, they saw the money that destiny, uh, made by, Having it a like a live service model, like World of Warcraft and stuff like that, and now every game has some kind of weird model, and they they think that um, you know they don't have to produce a a fully fledged, fully finished game because they can just hide it behind this idea of a game as a service. They're like, oh yeah, of course we're gonna release this game that's sixty percent done for a full cost of seventy dollars. Yeah. Because these rubes are going to pay $30 for DLC, quote-unquote. It should have been part of the game at launch. 
and we're gonna make instead of seventy dollars on a, a complete game, we're gonna make you know a hundred dollars on a incomplete game, and then they're gonna pay us to fix it. Yeah, and you know it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, to the to the point that even games like Halo Infinite allegedly are um, gonna be implementing stuff like that too with microtransactions. Um, you know, with uh, loot boxes and stuff like that. Like, could you imagine playing, you know, Halo 1 and you're about to blow up, uh, you know, the Halo ring and, you know, a little screen pops up and Cortana's like, hey, if you want to nuke the ring, you got to pay $1.99. Like, I'd be furious. But, like, you know, that's the future that that we're facing and um, Imagine you know, that in the movie world, where it's like, you know, Deadpool is like, now I'm gonna get some chimichangas. If you want to see Deadpool get chimichangas, buy the chimichangas DLC. Right. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, DLCs are one thing. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're if you're giving us extra stuff on top of uh, what you've released already, um, then great. I'm all I'm on board for it. Like, um, Outer Worlds just recently dropped a, a new DLC. It expanded the universe. It was all original content. Bully for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the offenders are like, oh, hey, do you want to play Black Widow? You got to wait three months and pay us four ninety nine to play as an essential character. <laughs> it's, it's, it just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And it's it's flat out wrong. Yeah, it's same with Injustice Two, where um, when it shows the character screen, like there's twelve characters grayed out, and if you click on one of them, it goes to a, a sale screen. Um, and it's just like, I feel like I'm only paying for half a game. Yeah, absolutely, and it's you know it's the model that we we kind of find ourselves in right now, and. Um. Yeah, and, and and like I said at the beginning, like the the in case you lost yourself in the the rant there, uh, the 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 point was that you know the the current uh, next gen consoles we they might be next gen, but they're they're still stuck in this aging system of buying and selling and producing games that are that are just broken, and um, consumers are going to reach a point where that's not satisfactory anymore, and. I think you're seeing it more and more with how consumers have responded, rightly or wrongly, to uh, to Last of Us Two, rightly or wrongly to to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, but eventually, uh, a game is going to come out, or you know, uh, a console is going to come out, and and consumers are just not going to take it anymore, and the yep. it's gonna it's gonna change. All right, shall we move on to? What system would we want to make if we could make a system? Absolutely, and uh, I, um, I'm, I'm super aware of how long this podcast episode is, so maybe we can break it up into to two little bits, and then we can cover it next week too. But um, I think this is something that, and I think this is perfect because I think our uh, our last season finale was also kind of extra long too. So um, this will tide you guys over during your your Christmas break. Um, but uh, I, that's that's such a great question. Uh, like, what if I could make a console? What would I 
I want to make. Um, uh, do you have anything that that, that that jumps off right right you know at the forefront of your mind? I want to bring up that there's two systems that are trying to uh, they're trying to bring back the retro family type gaming. Mm-hmm. There used to be like a you know in the '80s when you bought a computer when you brought a computer system or like a game system, mm-hmm. it wasn't just for Billy. It was for mom. It was for dad. It was for little sis. Um, and, you know, families would make time to get into a pong competition or, or whatever. Right. And um, in television, it's trying to bring that back with the Amico. Oh, and nice. Amico plays only family-friendly games, so they're all E10. Um, a lot of them are souped-up versions of old Intellivision games. And they're, they're made so that, like, your mom could feel like she's actually winning if she was <laughs> to sit down and play, because uh, the better you get in the game, the more it makes it hard for you, and the more the other person sucks at the game, uh, the more it, like, cheats for them. So, it's like, it's, it's trying to bring back family games. So, I, I thought to myself, um, you know, we need, to, we need more examples like that. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good shout. I think that's, that's, a, good, that's a good call. Um, I, I think if the pandemic has is, is shown us anything, uh, it's that there are more people that are interested in games than they thought. Um, I, I definitely feel like a whole new generation of maybe even older people have, have discovered the likes of Jackbox games or, um, uh, what is that? There's a, the PlayStation one where you can pass around, um, like a phone. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. I think it's called UPass Go or something. UPass Play or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's like a whole new generation of, of people playing and I think people are more willing to try video games now post pandemic. Well, not post <laughs> during pandemic than pre-pandemic. Yeah, uh, definitely with all those sales. One one thing I miss, and you know, this is just a dream I'm casting to you, mm-hmm. um, is about the Dreamcast. Is the Dreamcast was all about arcade games, which means you played it, you put thirty minutes into it. And you were either done or you died. Um, <laughs> and then you walked away. And maybe you picked it up like a week or two weeks later. But, um, you know, I, I would love to see a system that makes me not have to come back every day to play. But, like, you know, it's just once and done. And, you know, you get that with uh, Dreamcast House of the Dead 2, Zombie Nightmare. Um, all these arcade games. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's, um, I think that's definitely a, a lifestyle kind of video game choice for for a lot of people. Um, you know, like I, like even like I don't have the time that I I did, you know, before to where I could sit down, you know, on a weekend and and pour five six hours into Skyrim or whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I would definitely consider um, so, a, a product that would 
deliver um you know some bite-sized chunks of of game when i have an hour or two to, to spare i always wanted a video game system that's like an ipod shuffle hmm. where it just drops you into a level of a famous game right you play it for five minutes you have a lot of fun next time you go on it shuffles to a new famous part of a video game mike that's incredible we should make an app yes Ugh, that would print money <laughs> yeah yeah, you That's know, today, game. level two on Doom. You know, tomorrow, Mario Odyssey. Um, didn't, uh, did we talk about this in a, another podcast or maybe it was somewhere else? But there's, like, a, a video game console where, like, you buy it and at a certain time, uh, everyone that owns that console can jump on, play a mini game really quick, and then it's just kind of done. Do you remember it? Did we, did we have a conversation like that? No, because my jaw would not be dropping like it is right now. Um, citation heavily needed. Um, I, uh, I can't place uh, a name. I just have this um, memory, and maybe we'll, we'll check back in in another episode. Uh, but, yeah, there's this... I, I, I heard this concept being floated around where... Um, almost kind of like your your old school Mr. Game and Watch, where you could buy, um, you would buy a console, um, and it was like this little handheld thing, and it would play like a mini game. But then, if you wanted to play like another game, you'd have to buy a like a, another cartridge or whatever. But like for this one, you would have to buy like a uh, if you want to play like uh, the the balloon blow up mini game, you have to buy the the balloon blow up attachment and then right at like four o'clock like a tweet goes out and then everyone just like rushes to their mr game and watch and then just play the game i i citation heavily needed but you know what you were talking about kind of like reminded me of that yeah well i hope that wasn't a dream (laughs) it sounds like a dream right a fever dream yeah um so, uh, all the things that we kind of talked about kind of lead into the game system that I would want to build. Were you done, Mike? I don't want to, like, jump ahead of you. Yes. Um, I would love something um, in the modular family. So, something where you could buy, like, a, a base... Um, you could just buy a, a base system, right? It has all your, your bells and whistles. But, hey, like, say you wanted to um, be able to do four-player on it. So you could swap off a faceplate, put in like a, a four controller port right on the front. Or say you wanted, you know, your your you wanted 4K, but you don't have the right graphics card. So you you can you know open it up, take out the flash card, the the graphics card, put in a new one, put in a new HDMI output, and you're all set. Um, or say you wanted to change up the colors, you just Take off all the face plates, buy a new one, put a new one in. Bada bang, bada boom, you're done. Or oh hey, you wanna you wanna play mobile? Well, take the processor. Um, you know, take a take the motherboard, smack shit into this handheld version shell that we have. Hook it up to the screen, bingo bango. You know, you got your Nintendo Switch ass yeah. console. Um, kind of like those. You know those Motorola 
modular phones that were kind of getting traction a little earlier. I would love that idea of being able to to upgrade and customize and and, and you know make a console um, like that. And I, I know I know the listeners out there they're like, well, if you want to do that, just get a PC. Oh, just the PC already does that. Yeah. Um, I I, I know. I'm glad I get you that. The voice. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly how they all sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fully aware of that. Um, but why would you not want to take all the best parts of you know PC gaming and console gaming and and try to mash that together? Yeah, and you know it's not exactly user friendly in the PC. That's why um, you know Geek Squad will charge you sixty bucks to put in one part because you're afraid you're going to short out the whole entire system. I imagine your build would be kind of like Legos, where everything just exactly. slides in nicely. Exactly. Like, hey, like, say you, you know, you're playing your 4K Blu-ray Cyberpunk 2077, and then you you get a sudden itch to play Goldeneye, but you're like, <laughs> oh man, I don't have an N64. Well, voila, there's this 64-bit attachment that you can slide in, and then oh. you can, you know, stick your your you know your cartridge in. And bada boom, you're good to go. Yeah, that that dream requires Nintendo to play nice with others. So we might <laughs> yeah, not. Good luck. That. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, I I think that's a good uh, taste. Um, I'm looking at the time, Adam. Mm. I I think we've uh, entertained our guests enough, and um, I just want to say that. Such fire and passion came out of us, and if you disagree, well, you know, go buy a PS5. Good yeah, luck. Go, go <laughs> kick rocks. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, but, you know, if you want to play something, I mean, look at the Stadia. Shoot, you can even, you don't even have to buy an Xbox to get an Xbox Game Pass. You can just get a the app on a, and a Bluetooth controller. So there's so many things out there, and they're so much easier and more convenient than um, what's being sold to us. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, you don't have to just accept um, what's quote unquote the newest and the best. You know, there's a ton of excellent options outside of uh, what's available uh, commercially, like and visually, and what's being pushed. Um, and, you know, if you just do a little research, you just poke around the internet, you're going to find something that's really going to make you happy, like the Stadia. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, that's it for 2020 for us. Unless we do, like, a bonus episode. <laughs> Maybe the second part of this will be the the, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. the bonus episode. For 500 uh, Adam dollars. You can get the bonus episode, and you get to pick which hat Adam wears. Ooh. Transactions, baby. Sign me up. (laughs) Yes. Anyways, I'm Mike. I'm also Adam. And thank you for looking at the bottom shelf with us. Mwah.